welcome back to the Social Saint podcast. Um, today I'm here and yeah, guys, quarantine, interesting times. Um, I really, I really struggled on whether or not to make a podcast on this whole topic because who wants to keep talking about it? I certainly don't. <laughs> I'm so over talking about coronavirus and COVID-19. So I've decided I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but in situations like this, we don't want to just talk about what's going on or conspiracies or, you know, we just want to hear solutions. Um, and today I'm going to have an attempt at speaking on a s- somewhat not solution but damage control or just something I think will really bless people and help people so um today's an interesting topic it's quite a sombering topic um and it's something I've actually really thought about recording for a long time but yeah I was just waiting for the right time to do it um and with the right person um and I feel like obviously after thinking about it praying a lot about it um I have decided to record this podcast with someone that is very close to my heart, that is very dear to my heart, that's a big, actually, person who's a massive contributor to this podcast, um, and (laughs) outside they're doing building works, guys, so who knows what sounds we're going to hear in the middle of this podcast, but we're just going to flow with it anyway, (laughs) but yeah, um, today I'm recording with my dad, and um, yes, it's a very special moment, dad. Thank you, Ray. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I'm really nervous that day. <laughs> I don't know what I'm nervous about. <laughs> I'm just nervous to have you here. I don't know why. Oh, gosh. But yeah, me and my dad are quite close, aren't we, Dad? Yeah, we're cool. We're yeah, cool. we're yeah. cool. Me and Dad have deep conversations. And um, yeah, I think today we're actually going to speak on loss, um, which is obviously a product of the whole situation that's going on now, but also just the general life situation and obviously dad you're someone that has lost mm-hmm. um two people very close to you your parents um and i thought that you'd be a good person to have on the podcast just because you have a really interesting perspective on loss yeah. and grieving and the whole situation so yeah but before we do any of that um let's just talk a quick introduction to who you are keep it short keep it snappy well, I am Rianne's dad. I am a father of three. Um, Rianne's the middle one. Mm-hmm. Um, two daughters and a son. Um, happily married for 31 years to the lovely Rona. And yeah, that's it really. Work yeah. and take care of my family. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. Um, so, dad, um, not to like get straight into it but almost to just get straight into it um can you explain to me just as a person regardless of what you've been through personally what is your like understanding of loss and death and stuff like that because i have an understanding as a christian but what's like your overall well my overall understanding of it um it is it is to me just the just the part of life that's what it is it, that's that's just as much as part of it as being born death is as much as part of it it's part of the whole circle of what it is and um as we face all sort of different things from growing up to uh having children to becoming a grandparent to so on and so on uh death is just another part of it to me and we yeah. should face it that way most of the time okay and when you were like growing up would you did you did you experience death at all like when you were younger or no um not really at all i mean very very distant relatives i hope used to hear about very distant relatives mm. um the first time i ever saw anybody grieving heavily was mm. when my mother's mother died mm. and she was i didn't know her she was mm. in jamaica mm. and then i saw all my mum in despair but that was the only 
real mm. sort of like while I was young mm. what I was experiencing any death mm. apart from that no not really yeah because it's an interesting I feel like it's an interesting thing because it's like we all know we're gonna die and that people around us are gonna die but until it happens to someone near enough to you death almost doesn't exist in your life like you observe it but you don't experience it almost and i feel like we watch it happen and i think this is a thing that keeps yeah this is a thing that kind of like is getting to me with this whole situation um the the news is is putting numbers up each day yeah 800 900 1000 mm. you know just numbers almost yeah. and i said to you the other day when boris johnson came and said if 20000 people die that will be good mm. and everyone i don't know what i don't really know how people reacted to that but as people die and i start to see these people like that are close closer to me mm-hmm. like not necessarily close to me but um you know friends parents or grandparents and stuff like that i said to you the other day it would be interesting to hear him say that but instead of having to just say 20,000 people having to read each of those 20,000 names and then suddenly it becomes very real yeah it becomes very real that this isn't just a number yeah and i feel like that's exactly how i've felt about death most of my life like this person is a person and i understand that to the people around them it's sad but i could you can't quite process it if that makes sense and the easiest way to process it is to desensitize yourself to it and then Mm -hmm. you have things like video games where people are killing people you have like watching the news and seeing death in other countries and wars in other country and it desensitizes you to it then you see terrorist attacks in other parts of the world and even parts of you know the uk but that aren't near to you and you you processing you're like that's really sad but still once again Mm -hmm. yeah and then it happens to you Mm -hmm. and then it almost taints the lens through which you see life yeah and you can't ignore that no and i think what I really want to tap into is how has this thing really tainted your perception of life almost? Well, like, just as you said, mm. um, uh, the word or the, the word death automatically, somebody's died automatically mm. for me. Mm. I, I think about, it's sad for them, but I always it always takes my mind mm-hmm. to their relatives, their mm-hmm. families, their friends. It mm-hmm. always takes my mind mm-hmm. to them. That's the first thing I think about. I've mm-hmm. got kids, mm-hmm. um, and the impact mm-hmm. uh, that I know it has, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what that experience has done for, done to me. I yeah. always that's the first thought in mind. Yeah. Um, when Kobe's family, when Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash the mm. first thing that came out of my mouth was his the rest of his family on board because mm. i'm thinking uh knowing that he was a real family man mm. i'm thinking to myself either it's a disaster and his family's on board or it's a disaster they're going to hear that he's died in a helicopter crash mm. and so it always that's what the effect it's had on me personally mm. Mm. Um, it's interesting it's an interesting point and i think it's so true because we can't know what death is like for the person that's experienced it, but we can almost sympathize with the people that are left behind. Yeah. And that's why that's where our mind goes. Yeah. Um, but for you on a personal level, I mean, you lost, you know, and for the purpose of this podcast, um, I'm going to refer to them as your parents. Yeah. Um, even though they are my grandparents, obviously, <laughs> um, you lost both your parents um, in a short space of time. Yeah. Um, ten months apart. Ten months apart. But explain that to me, starting with your mum, who is my yeah. nan, obviously. Um, what was your relationship like with her 
throughout time and then yeah uh typical mum son relationship um mm. got big family so mm -hmm. i'm one of the boys mm. um very loving lady very mm. loving very very disciplinary when you're young mm. and very loving as you get older mm. and very warm very caring and the more older she got the more closer the bond was built between mm. all of us and not just me my brothers and sisters as well we all recognized how much she cared for us all mm. um, and so yeah it was a really it's a lovely mum really mm. lucky and lovely mum lovely grandma <laughs> yeah it's good and was you quite close to her growing up or like how like or was it like really like a mum strict or was it, it like you it, know? It was, it was, it was the funniest thing. It was mum strict, mm. but very, always made you feel safe. Mm. I don't mm. know if that makes sense. Mm. As much as she was uh, strict, mm. you could, you, nothing could happen to you while mm. she was around. Mm. And you didn't, and even when she, I remember when she used to go either shop or, mm. or something and she's out or she's out at work or whatever. And just, until she got back in the house, there's a little bit of a discomfort mm. around an unease mm. until she got back in the house. Because, mm. you know, basically you felt safe when she's around and mm. things are in order. You know mm. what I mean? Regardless of whether she she didn't like you ramping and messing mm. about in the house. Mm. It was that yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you were older uh -huh. and, you know, obviously you had kids and stuff mm. like that. What was your relationship like? What was your relationship like with her? Well, the thing is, is that when you have kids mm -hmm. and you become a parent, mm. then you really start to understand mm. the love your your parents had for you. Or yeah. Because you kind of straight away before your baby's born, you're, you're already starting in love with them. And you just realize, well, hold on, uh, all what I'm doing for my one, my mom and dad done for me. And mm. you can understand and how they felt about you and and that so it kind of it brings it, br it makes it turns a full circle so you turn back round end up mm. feeling even more for them because you recognize what they've done for yeah. you and your brothers and sisters yeah and um explain what it was like or explain what it was like when you found out that your mum had passed away or like where was you at in that time did you expect it like how would you processed well um i it's one of those things where you know i knew that my mum was older now mm -hmm. and um you kind of you never you know it that it's gonna happen mm -hmm. but you're never expecting it mm. so you're not directly expecting it mm -hmm. but surely it's a it's gonna happen and mm. uh she wasn't in the best of health for a good while mm. anyway so mm. she wasn't like her most nimble self anyway for mm. a good while so you're so used to her being as she is you know what mm. i mean so do you want to just explain how it happened just because obviously i understand but for the sake mm. of the, the listeners um. well um i'll run through the story as as it happened for me um it was a bank holiday weekend and a uh, bright, sunny, lovely day. Mm. And um, me being me, feeling good, jumped up and gone for a run. Mm. <sighs> gone out running. For some reason that day, I've gone <laughs> for a super long run. So <laughs> I've gone for ages, you know. So mm. um, I've gone for ages and I'm coming home. And coming home, I just see one of my daughters. I won't name any names. <laughs> <laughs> jumping out of a cab and running in the house as I'm running back down the road towards the house. So I run, drive, run down to the house and I come inside the house and I sort of like said to Rihanna, Rona, um, mm. um, oh, yeah, I must have forgotten something because she just ran upstairs like a mad woman, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've gone into the front room and then I heard my son say, just tell him mm. to Rona. And poor Rona had the worst job of all. <laughs> no one else wanted to do no, it. Oh, which is the job to tell me that um, 
my mom had passed, you know. Mm. So obviously she told us and basically fell apart as you do, you know. Mm. What I mean? And tried to gather myself, get mm. myself together, get get ready, get get to the house. Mm. Um rush into the house. What was that moment like for you when you first sunk it in like it it was one of those ones because all the time I've heard about deaths it's never I've never had anybody close properly close to me mm. an aunt an uncle but not that close and you hear and you'd be upset and a little bit mm. but nothing it just didn't happen to us mm. you know what I mean and we've got I had lots of aunts and uncles who died before mm. but it never happened to us you mm. know what I mean and then and then just couldn't see it and it was like and obviously not experiencing that mm. didn't have a clue of what to process or what to mm. think and I had this thing in my mind even mm. though you've been told that she's actually she's um, passed mm. you have this thing in my mind of urgency to get there mm. as if I'm gonna get there yeah. and she's gonna be mm. dying or yeah, I'm gonna see her alive in some yeah. way, you know. Yeah. So you kind of like start to get into this mad panic, you know what I mean, in disbelief. Mm. Yeah, and me and the family got together and we shot to my, the house to see her, you know. Mm. Um, gets to the house and uh, sees my sisters and and goes and sees her and she just likes she's sleeping and and. Yeah, and that's it. And then the, the, the day itself carries on from there of lots mm. of people turning up at the house, the rest mm. of the brothers and sisters, and very hard time dealing with mm. the whole thing because the day, the shock is one after the other. Mm. As as they, as the brother or sister arrives or mm. other relatives arrive, mm. the shock comes back again, mm. you know, so... It, 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 the shock comes back again and uh, you feel that, that pain in your heart again, mm. you know? And yeah. like I said, you kind of you kind of get to a point where you kind of mellow out a bit and then there's certain processes which the police come mm. and so on and so on to check that there's no nothing untoward and mm. so on and so on, what you have to go through. And you just mm. kind of follow along with the day, sort of like... Mm not thinking you know what I mean um for me my mind quickly switched to my children and mm. my nephews and nieces and thinking well the whole experience and seeing all of us brothers and sisters in the state mm. isn't necessarily good for them so we're trying to oh let's get some drink and food and try and try and get them thinking mm. and get their minds out of the really low place what we all was at the time mm. but um yeah, that was it really, and yeah. and just carry on from the day from that day on. You know? mm. Kind of go, yeah. Let it slips on your mind for a second, yeah. and then when it grabs you, it grabs mm. you again. Yeah, that's how it is. Um, mm. It's 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 a funny one to deal mm. with, but for me, mm. I think that on from that day, mm. my mind kind of switched to think of the the, the other people around me because it's mm. it, it's not it wasn't my my mum alone and i feel like that's how you grieved yeah that's because how. i kept thinking why isn't dad like like you were upset yeah. but i was thinking come on like no. say be like not be mad but mm. just like you know but you just kept thinking about other people and i was thinking does he realize it's his mom like mm. i remember thinking that and but then i realized that's how he's grieving by helping other people get through it yeah um very much uh, mm. i'm very much uh, i was very much aware mm. that mm. we're all mm. everybody's feeling the same as me mm. and if they're feeling as bad as i am mm. they need help yeah. even if it's just encouragement with from me mm. who is not who yeah. is grieving myself you know mm. what i mean and just very much with the people who are suffering mm. that's what it felt like to me i was very much in very in focus of that um and my our little and our little cousin rochelle when she mm. arrived at the house mm. it hit it home to me because she was like you mm. didn't want to go upstairs mm. you know yeah and 
that's when it really hit home to me. No, mm. this thing is. Yeah. You have to understand. That yeah. It's not. You can't. Nobody can. Everybody can can't feel what that yeah. person's feeling at the time, and yeah. they have to be looked after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though Nanny's died, mm. and we're all grieving. Mm. They are still our babies, and we still have to look after them in any way yeah. we can. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. And then, obviously, uh, ten months later, your dad passed away. Yeah. But yeah. to go back and rewind a bit, what was your relationship like with your dad? Again, um, my dad, very very soft man. Mm. You know, um, uh, hard working very loving very caring very 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 caring you know what i mean mm. and didn't know you don't know it at the time mm. but as you get older and you can again as a parent and so on and so on you realize how much you know and very much put us all first and would do anything you know what i mean mm. work very hard any hours do mm. any job anything like that and mm. try and bring us up in a way that we have manners and respect and mm. and so on but was very never a disappearing as far as us lot concerned you know mm. we were very he was always down to mum to keep us in line and he, he would um be very easy going yeah the softy granddad yeah yeah so and when he when when we got older mm. we recognized he's also a very funny man mm. and with a great sense of humor mm. you know and and the Jamaican never come out of him. <laughs> so, so that also was very funny as mm. well because he just had this Jamaican streak as long as he's been in the country. His accent mm. was as strong as ever. Yeah. You know? And um, just, and again, with the late latter years, mm. we are all looking after him and everything mm. like that. Because Randall yeah. was old. Yeah, he was old. He was mm. 99 when he died. Yeah. So, yeah, old, yeah. It was a good relationship, good dad, mm. you know. And again, we all, as brothers, uh, little bits of him mm. are on all of us, you mm. know. And, and we all kind of like recognize that this is what it takes to be a dad, you know. Mm. And that's all. That's the way we try to. We all try and be, you know. Mm. I mean, sometimes you've got to be selfless when you, you know, what I mean. Um, it's not, s and this is one of the things which is missing a lot from mm. yo a lot of younger people don't understand it's really it's not easy always roses and mm. to be a dad and s to show love sometimes it's not as comfortable as you'd like all the time it can't mm. be about you all the time so yeah, yeah good, dad. good dad um and what was your one-on-one -on -one relationship like with him when you were older when i was older again like i said with um nice man mm. uh good Good humoured man, mm. you know. Um, tell you about Jamaica, tell mm. you about things, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, jokes. Uh, in the latter years, he went blind, so mm. he kind of like would express to you that he had the good, good health mm. and so on and so on. But mm. yeah, good relationship. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And talk us through when he unfortunately passed us passed away like what was that did you know like was you expecting it because obviously he was older so it was a bit of a different situation and yeah. now mama died so you know it was a bit well you kind of we it sounds really odd but you kind of we kind of when mum died mm. we kind of went in oh at least we still got dad mm. you know we kind of oh we still got him you know what I mean let's let's yes wrap him up in cotton wool mm. you know so we kind of like was trying our best to what well, not that we there was anything more we could do because mm. we were literally had had him covered you know what i mean mm. um so we kind of naturally think oh for some unknown reason we you think that he's going to be around for another 40 years you know? <laughs> yeah. that's that's the same thing yeah. so we just all right let's get everything in place and make sure he's looked after he's got everything he needs make sure he mm. whatever you know what i mean and and then, um, like, a s just literally 10 months later, he he had a liver complaint mm -hmm. and they took him into hospital, mm -hmm. you know. And a, a week after being in hospital, he had died, you know. So mm. it was just sad because you we 
we saw he wasn't well and we said it was us who actually took him to the hospital. Mm. So we, you know, one of them ones where you think, oh, take him to the hospital. Mm. You think to yourself, take him to the hospital and they'll fix him up and he'll be back out. Yeah. You know, so um, it was very sad to know that we took him to the hospital and he didn't make it back out, mm. you know, so, but it's one of those things what we had to deal with, you know, he mm. was, he was old and mm. um, he was, his body was tired and, mm. and it was his time. So we kind of accepted it and it, cause, cause our mums was fresh in our mind. Mm. It didn't impact you. It, Emotionally, lots of ways it did, but it didn't. It didn't throw us as much mm. as our mum one did. So mm. it, it it was just a case of trying to deal with it and trying to trying to get the whole thing organised and mm. get yourself and mm. and understanding that you would mm. we would get over it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and. In that week, because you kind of brushed over it, but mm. in that week, was there any point you thought he was going to come out or he was getting better or, you know, like... Well, the first the first night he went in, mm-hmm. I spent the night at the hospital mm. because the first night he went in, I spent the night at the hospital because um, he was blind and mm. we were worried that the care, what he needed, mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't think. So we sh- I stayed there with him and basically sat in there then waiting the waiting room and sat in there in the waiting room and mm. and he he he, w- he was all right you know he was all mm. right and then gradually he deteriorated mm. and uh literally uh the day he died i got a call in the morning saying he wasn't he doesn't look good you know mm. and the doctor was speaking to my brothers and sisters and saying he doesn't look good. There's not much more we can do for him, you mm. know. And I remember going to the hospital that day and being there for the whole day, and mm. then just seeing how much he had deteriorated. We mm. just, just breathing. It was literally mm. just breathing. And we brought him in there. When we brought him in there, he was saying, "Oh no, I, I don't want to go to the hospital and whatever." And then just seeing him breathing there, we said, "When did it get to this?" You know what I mean? And mm. obviously, we'd popped and seen him during the week, but. You hadn't gone to that yet, you know. Mm. So, and then it became real that mm. we're looking at his last day, you know. And mm. So yeah, he just waited, and it was funny because um, we were there until quite late in the night. Mm. Uh, I think it was about twelve thirty or something like that. Mm. We left the hospital in the night because one of my brothers arrived, and mm. he said, "Oh, he'll stay with him for the night, and if anything, he'll call mm. us." Mm. So. We've, um, me and uh, quite a few of our brothers and sisters, well, there's nothing we can do, you know mm. what I mean? We're, we're going to go home, come back in the morning and, and so on and so on. And mm. By the time, literally, we'd dri- driven out, gone home, driven home and everything. And by the time we got home, my brothers phoned and said, no, he's gone. Mm. So it's like he was waiting, almost waiting for us to leave the hospital. Mm. And then yeah, he, 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 he passed. Yeah. So it was... It was it's a it's sad mm-hmm. but he was really his body was tired so mm. you know yeah that was a weird day as well because i we knew it was going to happen yeah. we didn't know when it was going to happen yeah. and i remember we went and saw him at the hospital mm-hmm. and the whole time i'd kind of been like, i'm not going to go see granddad mm-hmm. like that if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah um but then when we saw him i mean as soon as i saw him i knew mm-hmm. yeah this is you know, it is what it is. Because yeah. granddad's such a full of life yeah. kind of person. So obviously, like you said, when you see him not, like, struggling to even breathe, it's yeah. like, okay, cool, like, mm-hmm. this isn't this no. isn't looking good. But yeah. then, um, I remember we went home before you guys. Yeah. And I was the main one saying, let's go. Yeah. And I actually channeled, like, oh, let's see what mom and dad are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, I just really, selfishly, I think, almost, to be completely frank, it's too painful. Yeah, and, and I remember I d- it upsetting you guys oh, a lot. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sure. I remember we went outside. I said, um, we went outside for a little bit before we went home. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, I said to Alex and Chan, even if you're going to stay in here, I need to go outside. Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking outside like, and this is the thing, the exact same thing happened with Nanny. It mm-hmm. happened with Grandad. It's like the world isn't stopping. 
no one's pausing mm-hmm. and I need time to process this. Yeah. And I was angry. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were driving to see Nanny and people were shopping and I was thinking, stop shopping, mm-hmm. stop doing stuff. Mm-hmm. My Nana's died. My mm-hmm. dad's mom has died. Like just stop living so that mm-hmm. I can pause the world. Let me process this. Then we can get back to, and I felt annoyed mm-hmm. that it was so overwhelming and I had to deal with it. Yeah. You know, you can't just say, I'm going to think about this later. I'm going to mm-hmm. think about this in doses. It's like, no, this is happening. And that's the thing about yeah. death is so forceful. Yeah. And for me, it, it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt the same about both the funerals. It's like, it's, I have to go mm-hmm. and it's so overwhelming and I have to grieve publicly yeah. and it feels so overwhelming for me. Yeah. And I think that, like I said, selfishly, I was like, look, let's go home. And then I just remember as soon as I got home, I said, this is so pointless. Cause I thought it'd be easy to fall asleep. And mm-hmm. then once I fall asleep, I can deal with this in the morning. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep one wink. No. I remember sitting in my room with the TV on, te- telly shopping on, because that's the only thing that's on at that time of night, and sitting there, not allowing myself to go to sleep, because I knew when I wake up, granddad's not yeah. going to be here anymore. Yeah. So then I painfully kept myself awake, and I'm like this, like my eyes dragging, but I'm like, no, don't go to sleep. And I'm always just scared that if I went to sleep, mm-hmm. um, I would be given in. I don't know why. I don't know uh-huh. how I'd connected it. So then anyway... I hear you guys come, then I hear you go back out, but I didn't think much of it. And then obviously in the end, I couldn't keep myself up. I woke up with the TV on, <laughs> turned it back off, went back to sleep. And then I remember you also telling us, tell, telling me in the morning, I was the last person to wake up because mm-hmm. I obviously kept myself yeah. up. And um, it was a different process to Nanny's. You yeah. know? It was just different because we'd just been through that. Yeah. You know? It was, it was calm. The hardest part was the night when mm. you... When you sit and deal with it, mm. the hardest parts is when you're not doing something. Mm. So you tend to find that, oh, mm. uh, the I'm, I've got nothing. I can I can't put my hands on nothing. All I can do is think. Mm. And that was when it's difficult to process mm. to do to deal with, you know. So mm. um, yeah. So if you were to go back to those moments, is there anything you would do differently? And I mean. Just to, sorry, to segue this part of the conversation, because this conversation isn't just an interview on how it was for you losing your parents, but I really want um, this podcast to be useful to people listening, Mm -hmm. um, because I just know one too many people that are losing people right now, not just in this situation, but just overall, like I keep hearing, I think obviously it's just people losing their grandparents and cousins and aunties and uncles, um... I just want to make something that's of value and that people can listen to. And I think that the only, it's the only help we have nothing, but the only thing that they're telling us to do that we can help in this time is stay at home. Yeah. I'm not just going to stay at home and do nothing though. And Mm -hmm. I think that for me, what would, what would you say to someone that's going through this? And like, was there anything you would do differently in that time or you would advise for someone to do? (sighs) Um, I, me personally, do different. I can't think of anything I do different. But as for advice for mm. people, I would say, I would say, you have to try and stay involved with everything mm. as much as possible. Mm. Um, it's a real difficult time to be patient with people, mm. so you have to recognize that. Uh, sometimes your tempo is going to be shorter than it would be normally mm. because with this sort of thing, you're looking for somebody to blame. Mm. So, or somebody to have a go at because there's a, there's a level of anger what you got inside of you because you're mm. upset and you want to let it out. And so mm. sometimes you have to control that and control that and mm. be aware mm. that that's what it is because somebody mm. might do something so minor and mm. you have a go at them, you know? Mm. Um, so I would say try to be aware of that Mm. that that could happen you know because um it might be you might be driving down the road and somebody drove a bit funny and then you've Mm. you've gone really because you've gone really gotten really angry Mm. about it when it's really not really the another day a normal day you would have just Mm. you said oh that idiot and drove Mm. on and then you've got really angry about it Mm. so you have to recognize within Mm. yourself 
people that that sometimes things mm. heighten your emotions yeah. or at that time your emotions heightened because of because of the, what's happened so i would mm. say that try and keep an eye on that and mm. and your brothers and your sisters there'll be some one of them somebody will say something what's mm. not right somebody mm. will be or say do something what's not right mm. try and keep your patience that's what yeah. i would that's one of the main um bits of advice and like i said the the for me being busy and in being involved in everything mm. from from the day mm. till the actual funeral day mm. and so on and so on is what got me through it mm. because being busy on the day and and doing bits and pieces and having and mm. and is is what gets you through it mm. you know um uh and don't just and like I always say, don't forget you're not you're not the only person grieving for this person. You mm. know, um, like I said, my brothers and sisters, my mum means just as much to them as she does to me. Mm. So you have to understand that mm. they, as much as I've lost my mum, they've lost their mum. So you mm. have to be aware of other people's grief, and mm. that, that's what that's what I would say. You know, the other thing which I'd say is. Coming round to, I know it's diving right round to the funeral now. Uh, mm. The funeral is another thing what helped me because for me, um, my mum's funeral was a really beautiful funeral, mm. and my it reflected her personality. Yeah. And you, Ria, will know mm. <laughs> what what mm. she was like. Yeah. So we had a really beautiful funeral for, her. and mm. I I remember me and Andrew and. And Janet being at the funeral parlor and speaking to the lady and saying, she's saying, what, what you want? Mm. So Janet said, she wants this and this and this. And then Andrew saying, well, is this necessary? And so on and so on. And I came out with, well, we knew what mum's personality was. Mm. And we knew that one thing my mum had is that she could really dress. Mm. She had so much clothes. Yeah. She was really a dresser. And mm. I said, we got to look at this funeral as her last dress. Mm. This the last people are going to see of her mm. and we've got to imagine yeah. that do something that she would really yeah. be proud of yeah and after the funeral and after everything was done we felt all of us felt good that we had done it in a certain way in that way and which also made us helped us with the grieving you know uh, knowing that well we we laid her to rest in a proper manner, you know, mm. in her church and everything was done in a proper manner. So I would say try and, if you're organising or involved in a funeral, try and do it to the person's personality mm. and that helps. And in that time, did you, or like just overall, in fact, to give advice, was there anything like, because for me, mm -hmm. I felt like, I don't know how you felt about it, but when from when she died, both of them actually, but from when they passed to their funerals, it was like this wallowing, deep, weird time. Like, it's all very everyday merged into one another. Mm, yeah. But then I remember after the funeral, mm -hmm. it feeling like life could go back to normal and it was acceptable for it to go back to normal. Yeah. And there was like a... And I think for anyone that's in that period, I would just say, like, after you've laid them to rest and said your last goodbye, there will be, un, you know, like a... Well, uh, it, uh, the part for me mm -hmm. where, you, where you're talking about, mm -hmm. it starts from the minute the she's been lowered into the grave yeah. and we feel the grave in, mm -hmm. both of them. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. I had that feeling from there. So it mm. was, obviously we had a reception for after, but mm. all of that, I felt it come off of me mm. in a way that, mm -mm. well, laying them to rest, we've mm. done. Although the day hadn't finished, mm. laying them to rest, and uh, that felt mm. like, oh, we've done a, we've done what we need to do, do yeah. as, uh, and laid them to rest in the right way. And I kind of felt like, well, yes, we can start to, to, to move forward and deal with the grief and the one of the funniest things what 
also helped me is, um, which is really sad for the people at the moment, mm. is my mum's funeral was massive. Mm. People, lots of people turned up. And it's so, it sounds like, a, a f might sound like a funny thing, but people I didn't expect to see, mm. some guys and some women I didn't expect mm. to see there. Mm. And I came out the church a little bit early and because I had something to do. Mm. And I saw people who I might have missed during mm. the day. And when I saw saw those people there, it lifted me so much. Mm. It was It's the weirdest thing because mm. the day, to me, the day obviously meant a lot to my family. Mm. But to see these people take time out their day and turn up there and show support and that, it meant such a lot to, mm. to me, you yeah. know. Yeah. It, it, it is a real uplifting thing um it's very sad for, that's what makes it so sad for the people at the moment because you can't mm. you can't do that at the moment with mm. this what's going on mm. i mean even if your family dies of something which is not nothing related you, you to, still yeah. can't do it yeah you know so it, it is super sad mm. but yeah it's um it's one of the things what lifted me so with all that being said mm. um what do you say to someone that's just lost someone? Because I think that's a sticky thing to do. Because, I mean, I struggle with it a lot. Like, when someone tells me, you know, this person's died or that person's died. I mean, there's just something you just shouldn't say, which are obvious. But, like, what do you really say? Like, what's the best thing? Or what does someone want to hear in that time? Well, funny enough, it's... We all feel awkward when somebody's died. We don't know what to say. Mm. But in my experience, I was always uh, felt better if somebody mm. asked me about it or mm. in any way uh, and uh, any questions anything just being able to talk mm. and offer an explanation instead of that awkwardness that awkward elephant yeah in the room. Uh, elephant in the room and you you kind of want to say something about them about the person who's died or who the person you've lost yeah. so it was always better whether it be mm. oh how are you and um what happened or whatever and just to give a even if it's a short brief mm. but it's better than ignoring it all mm. and just and even if you say oh i'm sorry for your loss and then mm. they they can go into oh thanks and so on and so on and then just add one little question on mm. to that will make them feel better then yeah. you just sort of like oh that person's died and i'll, I'll sort of like avoid them trying to yeah. avoid the subject you know yeah I mean? um I understand why people avoid them because some people are going to end up floods of tears and you then end mm. up in a situation where you don't <laughs> know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that the vast majority of people would rather hear you express mm. some kind of question rather, because mm. again, it's like somebody important to them has died mm. and you just want to act like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I think that I would say, do say something, ask something, and show your concern. I don't know. Is there anything that you would say um, is weird, not is positive about losing them? But was there any impact that ended up being positive, like after the fact? Like, well, one of the things which is for life, which mm. you understand, is straight away after is time is the master really you know mm. you, you've only got a certain amount of time mm. and you you think that you're going to have them forever mm -hmm. and you you just don't so mm. you do it does make me kind of appreciate all the people around me a lot more mm. because uh it's not forever mm. and time spent not taking any notice or is time gone mm. and it can't be got back so mm. it has made me realize you know mm. that it's 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 precious time for me it, it what hit home for me is when i was in in between the funeral and thing and i I stopped for a second and I was thinking and I was thinking to myself and I remember dreaming about it that I'm not going to hear my mum's voice again, mm. you know? 
not going to hear her speaking again. And that, that was the thing what really gra- grabbed me. You're not yeah. going to actually hear her voice, you know, not going to hear her speaking a- a- again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not ever. And uh, I remember dreaming and seeing her speaking when I'm dreaming and mm-hmm. so on and so on. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things. But like I said, for me, one of the biggest things is, is lessons learned is uh, the whole thing is use time is precious mm. time with people is, is precious so mm. you do need to whether it be a grandparent a parent anybody anybody you have love for time is precious so don't don't waste it good and lastly just to wrap up this part of the podcast what is your favorite memory of each of your parents i know my favorite one of your dad with you but yeah i want you to um my favorite memory um it's a difficult one really i mean my mum was she i i sure there's lots of favorite memories Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a difficult one because um my mum would she was very much a person who'd let you you'd ask for things for Christmas mm-hmm. and you would be completely sure you're not getting it. <laughs> you'd be one hundred percent the way she handled you, mm. you'd think not a chance. There's mm-hmm. not a chance <laughs> in I remember me and my brother asking for a chopper bike and not a chance. Whatever, you know, she would tell her go we'll go about your business. Mm. Christmas morning. Mm. And the bike was there. Oh my gosh. Kind of like, and although you feel great at the time, mm. it's when you get older, yeah, you understand how yeah. much, yeah, how, how good, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I remember when I was really small, mm. yeah, I remember when I was really small, her taking me to school. I don't mm. know if it's the first day or not, I can't mm. remember if it was the first day, but my first day in school mm. i remember crying because i didn't want to go in mm. yeah and going in having a great day mm-hmm. and then being so happy to see her mm. after that was one of my fond memories mm. you know of of her just mm. seemed so happy and it, it stuck with me that yeah as a small kid and i'm always thinking to myself how old must i've been then yeah you know? and being so happy because we didn't go nursery yeah we went straight to school so mm. we were five or something so we mm. were just with her all mm. the time mm. so to be away from her to go to school it was mm. it was a big deal yeah um dad dad oh, he's it's a funny one one of my it sounds like a funny thing i remember i remember my dad one time where where we lived we mm. lived on the estate me and the boys are playing cricket downstairs mm-hmm. and my dad was coming from work mm-hmm. So he's coming from work and um, mm-hmm. he's coming through mm-hmm. and um, he's seen us playing cricket. So he said, oh, give us the bat, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've given him the bat, you know what I mean? And um, he's taken the bat and, well, me, my friends, everybody's bowling to this man. Mm-hmm. Nobody could get him out. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, not even, not even look close to getting him out. Mm. And just... So I th- remember other parents mm-hmm. looking down from the balconies mm-hmm. and just seeing him play, yeah. play um, cricket and just a sense of pride. Like, that's my dad. That's that's the man. You know yeah. what I mean? And and because sh- obviously all West Indian parents were into their cricket like mm. mad, and to see this man could re- actually really actually play. You know mm. what I mean? And we were throwing the ball. We're trying anything. We're trying get past him you know what I mean and mm. he could deal with anything what we'd done and then yeah. he just laughed it off and passed the back back to us and went upstairs <laughs> it was a really nice memory I had of him you know what mm. I mean but there's lots of memories of him as a character you know yeah. what I mean and just make you laugh you know yeah well it's been great talking to you dad um I mean once again condolences to your loss I mean it's really it's been a while now yeah been a good few years yeah. since that happened but mm. you know it's never it's never um too 
know what's the word too far away too long gone to Mm. say sorry i don't know Mm. you guys know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um but i think that just to wrap up the whole podcast as a whole um we can't see jeff as anything but a sign of life um and when you only look at death um, from a perspective of it's done instead of it happened you're 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 forgetting the most beautiful part and I would say to anyone that has lost anyone or is losing anyone you know in this time or way before this time or you know it just in general and maybe it's not necessarily a loss in terms of death but maybe just separation you know for whatever reason or you're having to be um separated for any significant reason um i would just say um know that human connections are what make the world go round um and it's nothing but life that keeps us alive literally Mm -hmm. and um take this moment of pause and stillness to just almost process and you know if you're living with your loved ones love on them and if you're not speak to them on the phone reach out to them write letters fly pigeons i don't know but just tell the people next to you that you love them and i just really hope you know that you know i'm praying for each and every single person that i know but also even those that i don't know that you know in this time that god will really steal your heart put his hand over you um and I don't usually do this at the end of a podcast. I don't really pray in my podcast, but I do feel led to do this. Um, so I'm just going to quickly pray um, so that anyone listening can feel blessed. Um, so, yeah, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for my life. I thank you for my salvation and I thank you for each and every single person listening to this podcast. I thank you for my dad who's contributed so beautifully to this podcast. I really just pray that for each and every single person that has lost someone that they love um that you can can just comfort them and give them serenity and peace um help them to process and to heal guide them and love them and pour out your grace and mercy over them lord i trust um and entrust their lives into your hands um and i pray that you beautifully bless them in jesus name amen so yeah um it's been a pleasure once again dad thank you you've been great i've loved it it's been a good conversation and guys smile because there's always something worth smiling about and how's that for corny anyway bye guys Bye. bye